Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Uh, There's no one out there more in a thank God it's Friday mode, I imagine, than the embattled governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo. Nobody has had a worse week than he, and I know many of you say, uh, and deservedly so. I have been thinking about, after reading all the material in connection with this case, I've been thinking about the likelihood or unlikelihood that politically speaking, he can survive. I know that I said earlier in the week that his best hope is that he's displaced in this 24-7 news cycle. Uh, In a typical August, that's unlikely. This, well, I just talked about it, this COVID Delta variant resurgence is the dominant national story, and for good reason. Locally, regionally, in the northeastern part of the country, I can tell you that he continues to be a focal point. And of course, this comes after the New York Attorney General released a damning report finding that he sexually harassed 11 women. And I've read it, all 165 pages of it. I have also uh, read his response. In the report from the New York Attorney General, investigators say that they were able to corroborate the claims of 11 different women, nine of them. I know you know all this from all the expansive coverage so far this week, but I may as well just lay out some of the predicate, uh, some of the basics of this story So investigators say, hey, we've been able to corroborate the claims of 11 women. I think the number is nine who are current or former state employees. They did 179 interviews. And what's contained in the report on the on the issue of uh, sexual harassment, a range from suggestive comments to instances of groping. And as I said earlier in the week, the worst of it, I, I think, is the the claim made against him that he recruited and then harassed a woman on his protective detail. That seems to be the, the, the new one that is stunning people who heretofore had remained in his corner. As I said, I've read his response. Through a lawyer, he responded to the AG's report. I'm sure that 99% of people who are superficially following this case have not read his response. I also watched his video. I've tried to consume everything about it. As I've said He denies the allegations and continues to say that he's never touched anyone inappropriately. And and yesterday, 
there was yet another response, 10, 15 pages from his lawyer responding to the allegations that the governor and his aides had retaliated against one of his accusers. But in a big picture sense, this is this is what I want you to think about. His term ends January 1, 2023, which means that he's up for reelection next year. He is in his third term. So, you know, but for these issues, he'd be certainly and has raised a lot of money running for reelection, running for a fourth term as the New Jersey governor next year. And the question is whether he can hang on to the job. You'd think not. You would think not based on the fire hose of allegations, the widespread condemnation. Nobody, nobody has defended uh, the governor. And of course, this all comes amidst the context of the Me Too movement, the hashtag Me Too movement. He was already being investigated for more than sexual harassment. He was being investigated for the nursing home issue, which is, you know, his handling of the data and whether it was underreported to the feds. That was one issue. Uh, There's another issue that has been dogging him about whether he used state resources to write his memoir for which he was handsomely paid, handsomely paid. And there was also um, I'm frankly not familiar with this other one, but I know that there's an issue about the bridge name for his dad and. And whether his administration had covered up some structural issues related to a a bridge named for the late uh, Mario Cuomo. But the release of the AG report has added a sense of urgency to all of this. Maybe, maybe even probably, he'd have outlasted those who wanted him out and been able to serve through January of 2023, but for the release of this report. In other words, what I'm saying is, and, and this is to state the obvious, the release of this report, you know, the the documentation in uh, 165 pages has added a sense of urgency to this. But the guy's a fighter. I think that's the one indisputable aspect of this entire situation. It's all very fluid. It's all very raw. We're only three days removed from the release of the report by the attorney general. But let me tell you where I think this thing now stands three days after its release. There's a process to come. And the process is going to be one of impeachment. That seems like the trajectory. The assembly in New York can impeach him with a simple majority vote. Democrats control the assembly. Then there would be a trial in the state Senate. Democrats are also in the majority in the state Senate. If he's convicted, he gets removed, potentially barred. This is like a Trumpian issue, if you remember what we went through on the second impeachment trial. Potentially barred from permanently seeking statewide office. If he's impeached, I can't see how he then comes back and runs. Um, the lieutenant governor is Kathy, <clears throat> is, I think it's pronounced Hochul. H-O-C-H-U-L. I haven't heard it said. I've just read it countless times. She'd be the replacement. Here's my premise. I think he stands a better chance with voters than with lawmakers. In other words, it's more conceivable to me that if he stood for re-election in 2022, he'd fare better 
than would seem to be the case now with lawmakers. You don't know what voters behind closed uh, ballot curtains are going to do. There's more of an uncertainty there versus politicians in the light of day with the media covering them on a statewide or local level against the backdrop of hashtag me too. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Andrew Cuomo, first of all, I'd never make a prediction on where the this thing is going. It's, it's just too it, it, there are too many intangibles. I mean, the, the likelihood is politically he doesn't survive it. But I think he stands a better shot with voters than with politicians. I'm not saying he necessarily wins reelection if he were running for reelection. But I think he's got a better opportunity with the rank and file than with elected officials. And let me tell you why I say that. First of all, Peggy Noonan, uh, a must read today in the Wall Street Journal. New York's capital is crazy town. And the premise of Peggy Noonan's piece is to say that she has read all 165 pages and beyond the sexual harassment allegations, she finds a quote unquote deep weirdness. And she's very critical of Cuomo for the non-sex allegations, just the way in which he comported himself, according to the report in the office, uh, quote, he ordered one aide to memorize the lyrics to Danny Boy. She testified he would pop out of his office and ask her to start singing. Read Peggy's piece if you want to hear the remainder of that. But on the issue I'm raising, which is the survivability, here's her analysis. No one in New York can see how Mr. Cuomo survives all this, even as no one can figure out how he'll leave. He could resign, but no one who's known him in the past thinks that's possible. The book he wrote during the pandemic has a sub-theme, and it's how losing all power and standing when he lost his party's nominations for governor in 2002 was the great trauma of his life. And winning his career in politics back in 2006, when he was elected attorney general, restored meaning to his life. He literally lives in the governor's mansion. It's his only home. That leaves impeachment. Okay, so here's Peggy Noonan's analysis with some knowledge of New Jersey politics. And who will vote on that question? And those who will vote on that question know this. If Cuomo is impeached, Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul will become governor. She's a career politician from Western New York who is usually assumed, based on history and temperament, to be a moderate Democrat. If she becomes governor, the first woman in New York history, she would garner greater initial she would garner great initial good and would become popular. This might thwart the ambitions of her party's powerful progressives. Maybe they'll figure out that once she's installed, they can rough her up. And let her know who's boss. Maybe they'll find her unexpectedly pliant. But that's chancy. Republicans don't want a potentially popular Democrat either. They want to win in 2022. Both sides would benefit from a weekend separating Governor Cuomo. Not a vibrant moderate who might play well on Long Island. Interesting. So Peggy Noonan is saying, hey, the progressives aren't really going to love her. They'd rather have somebody else. And the Republicans don't want her because she's moderate and might be popular. Maybe they both want Cuomo sort of limping along. 
back to Peggy. It would be interesting to know who's talking to Ms. Hochul right now and what's being said. Still, the legislature's hand might be forced by events. Circumstances now are different from when the scandals first broke. The attorney general's report was grimly particular and distilled stray charges into one competing narrative. The allegation that Mr. Cuomo brought a cop, a state trooper, into his net and abused her, startled people and charged and changed, pardon me, changed their sense of the story. Yeah, that's the allegation that. I told you about five minutes ago. The old civil rights establishment that kept Mr. Cuomo afloat in the spring looks to be fracturing. I'll talk about that in a moment. And early polling is bad. An overnight Marist survey this week showed 65% of registered voters saying they want him to resign. When the scandal first broke, the public backed the governor. His strategy since the beginning has been to delay, delay, let the steam come out. That may still be his strategy and that of some legislators currently acting out their disapproval of him. Okay, so I read Peggy Noonan and I say to myself, wait a minute, 63% of registered voters won him out? Is that all? In other words, the report was released on Tuesday. I've now pulled the Marist survey. Again, this is all very fluid. This is all very, very fluid. But the Marist survey was conducted August 3rd. August 3rd was Tuesday night. So in the heat of the moment, in in the most devastating of circumstances for Cuomo, Marist, and it's only 614 adults. This is a survey of New Yorkers, New York State adults, the night of the report being released. 614 of them, and 63% say Cuomo should resign. If you had asked me, Michael, where do you think New York was the night of the release of the report? When the news cycle was was female after female of his accusers on camera? I would have said 80%. Okay, maybe 75%. I was surprised that it was only at 63%. And it reminded me of a commentary that I I did hear back in March when the attorney general, I guess at the time, what had just taken place, T.C.? Had she just announced her investigation or had a woman or multiple women just come forward? I think it had been announced that the governor was turning over the was saying that the AG was going to investigate him. Right. Isn't that the progression? There was the accusation, and then he denied everything, and then he said there'll be an independent investigation by the attorney general. So the case was very much front page at the time. That's the point I wanted to make. Very much. And at, and, and when, when it was then unfolding, and I, I was not interested in the national pollsters. I wanted to go to New York pollsters to see, you know, they're theoretically reading the tea leaves better of New York voters. Like, what's going on in the minds of New York voters about Governor Cuomo? Again, this was back in March. And it was then a Siena College. You might remember me doing this. You can listen to it on the SiriusXM app if you can find it. I may have even done a YouTube commentary on this. But I parsed the data, and I have it again in front of me. So this is now March. This is Siena in March, a New York-based pollster looking at Governor Cuomo amid all these allegations. And what surprised me at the time, first of all, at that time, 50% to 35 were saying he should not resign. Again, if, if you believe the number from Tuesday night, 
then it's gone from 50 to 63% who now say he's he's got to resign. But from last March, what stood out to me was the crosstabs, the demographics on this. And the differences between men and women, blacks and whites. What am I talking about? Okay, question. Based on what you know so far, do you think that Governor Cuomo should or should not immediately resign as governor? 52% of women said should not. 47% of men said should not. Or said more simply, more women than men believed in March that Governor Cuomo should not resign. 5247. What is that number among African Americans? Among African Americans, the number was 69%. Like 7 in 10 African Americans said he should not. What was the number among whites? It was 45%. Am I making this too complicated? He had better he had better support among women. This is fascinating to me. When the allegations all first came to light, more women were supportive of Cuomo than men and far more blacks than whites. Should he resign? 69% of African Americans said no. 45% of whites said no. Uh, what else interested me on this? Oh, he had, Cuomo had offered an apology. This is interesting as well. Cuomo had offered an apology for his actions back then. Uh, how did they word it? Are you satisfied with how he's handling it? 59% of women said, yes, I'm satisfied. 54% of men said, yes, I'm satisfied. More women satisfied with his handling of it than were men. Okay, now you go to to, uh, uh, race. 54% of whites at that time said they were satisfied. 71% of blacks said they were satisfied. So a really um, a really sharp difference between, I mean, like a five-point differential between men and women, women more supportive of Cuomo than men, and when you break it down by race, he draws far more support, or did in March, from people of color. Okay, now I come back to the survey that was taken Tuesday night, Again, ladies and gentlemen, you may want to just take this all with a grain of salt. It's not a large sample, but it's the only data out there that I'm aware of. The Tuesday night, the night that this all hit the fan, the survey that said 63% want him out. New York State adults were asked, has he done something illegal? Has he done something unethical but not illegal? Has he done nothing wrong? Have you not heard about it? You gotta know you gotta wonder who those people are, like seven and six percent. Like who are the people who who the night of all of this going down Tuesday, like, I don't know, who's Cuomo? I, I don't know, I've never heard of this. But I find I find this to be interesting. So what's the most devastating way you could characterize this? That he's done something illegal. 49% of whites on Tuesday night said that they thought he had done something illegal. 49%. What's that number among non-whites? 40%. So you see the continued pattern of a difference between white and non-white on this issue. 
Has he done something illegal? You're not going to believe this. You're just not going to believe this. Has he done something illegal? Here is a guy accused of sexually harassing 11 women. Men. Has he done something illegal Tuesday night? 51% say yes. Women. 38%. 38%. So it's it's all very fluid. It's all very preliminary. It's It's all... Based on a very limited sample, I've, I've loaded up the qualifiers, but it would seem that the, believe me, you, you saw the image of him poolside yesterday, right? Uh, I know what he was reading. He's reading this polling data for sure. And he's trying to see how do I sit with the voters? The problem is, can he get to the voters? Can he get to the voters Because he needs the legislature not to indict him, uh, pardon me, not to impeach him, not to impeach him and permanently bar him from office. So what is the takeaway? I know I just hit you with a lot of information. The takeaway is he stands a better, it seems to me, that he stands a better chance of having his fate determined by the people than the politicians. And I find that fascinating, and I I wonder why that's the case. And I continue to wonder why is it the case, if it's true, that he draws more support from women than men, and maybe that will no longer be the case, and more support from blacks than whites. What's going on here? What's going on? How, how, How is this case being received differently? Isn't that completely counterintuitive? If I said to you, do more women or men believe that he did something illegal, wouldn't you quite naturally say women? The black-white thing, I, I, I mean, I, that's like a whole different kettle of fish. But I thought you would find that of interest. On this Friday, three days after that devastating report was released. Michael Smirconish. A lot of good comments you're about to hear. Relative to the survivability, politically speaking, of Andrew Cuomo. Barb, you lead us off. You were first. You're in Colorado. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that uh, women support Cuomo because as women, we've all been able to say me too. And we say, get over it. And as far as uh, the nursing home issue, it was early days, and I think they should leave him alone. You know, I responded to this uh, before, and I can't believe it was clear back in March, but that's why I think the feelings are the same. A man couldn't say, get over it. What you just said, no man could say and survive professionally. Well, I know he couldn't, but women know. Women can see through women, and we hold those women a little bit uh, askance. Hmm. Women are, um, women are, this is such a stereotype and generalization, but you've kind of invited it. Women can be harsh critics of women. Yes, is is part is. of it, okay, is part of it that so many women have similarly been in that kind of a position? Absolutely, and it's only um, in the spotlight now because it's it's a bigger issue, it's a bigger personality, but we've all been there, and, you know, it's just on how you interpret it, and I'm not blowing it off. I know it can be upsetting, but we've all been there. Okay, but that doesn't make it right. Now I, now I feel like I'm the one saying, no, it can't be that way. Well, it I, doesn't I'm, make it right. 
it doesn't make it right, but it's life. It's the man-woman thing. If there weren't already, if there weren't already blazing lines, it would be interesting just to see what women might say, women alone might say in response to, to your comments. Thank you so much for uh, your willingness to call. I appreciate it. Kira, you're in Connecticut. First of all, what did you make of Barb in Colorado? I agree with her. I um I live in Connecticut, but born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. My family is, is connected to a lot of things politically in New York. And I also had a cousin who worked for Cuomo. He's a big bully. He's known as a bully. And a lot of the politicians don't like him. So this is their way of getting him out. And personally, I think they should just leave it up to the people because he's done a lot for New York, and he's a great governor. And I'm sticking right by him. He might not be able to get to the people. I mean, that's the whole thing that I had this epiphany as I was looking at the information. The politicians are under pressure in a Me Too era to end his career via impeachment. And with with the media paying close attention, I think that is a likelihood. But it occurs to me he'd have a better shot if he could stand before the electorate based on the surveys that show women not the way you would expect to be against him. And at least traditionally, and I don't know, because the, the latest numbers, it's just too raw. But people of color being more supportive of him than whites on these allegations. That is true. I'm black and all of my family supports him. And they're well, why? Him. Why? I mean, explain to me why you why you think there's that racial divide. He's done a lot for the black community as a whole. He's tough um, and he's honest and he's raw and whatever he says he does, which is very important in the black community. And um, personally, He's there. He's been around. In other words, it's all right. In other words, in other words, it's a thing. What you're saying, you're arguing, you're arguing. He's been good for the community, which is different from saying that folks of color look blacks, African Americans. I hate saying people of color because I think, as Carville said, nobody speaks like that. Okay. Anyway, so (laughs) folks who are African American is is it possible that they don't place the same emphasis? on this Me Too issue that white people do? Yes. Yes. I think so. And I agree with Barb. A lot of women, most women, including myself, have dealt with some sort of harassment in the workplace. Like you know guys like this. Yes. And also, like I said, he's known to be a bully. So I can see him being a little aggressive and just, unfortunately, those women felt as though it was too aggressive in the sense of him telling them what to do and how to do it, because that's how he is. He's a true boss personality. He is a bully. He he is a bully that you want to remain in office. Yes. Yes. He gets things done. He's straightforward. He's honest. We don't see that a lot in politicians. <laughs> Kira, I got I to gotta run. The calls are fascinating today. Wait till you hear what's still to come. 
The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.